answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Financials Money Matters with uh, Pat McLean and... Um, David Chowart. Scott Hansen um, is, this is a taped show, by the way. Uh, this week is a taped show, which means, how are you taking phone calls and it's a taped show? And so you should ask yourself that, and it's this simple. Uh, people that call our show don't always, aren't always, uh, oftentimes we have more calls than we can get on the air. And so when people call into the show, we actually will ask them if they'd like us to call them back and schedule a time when they can ask their financial questions. So that's how this is a taped show. So uh, if you listened to last week's show, you would have known that uh, Scott Hansen was uh, helping out a relative, not who was ha- having some uh, medical issues and was out of town and unable to do last week's show. And since this is being taped right after last week's you, show. You know what's killing me right now is is hearing the term taped over and over. Because we because don't tape we, anything? We haven't taped for how long? Well, I don't know, because I'm old. 15 years? No, I, th- I think it's great because it, it makes oh. intuitive sense to you and I. Yeah. But uh, just hearing the term, uh, I kind of chuckle because That's... there's not a tape to be seen. Okay, we are storing this on a digital format in order to be distributed at a later date to both your podcast as well as a terrestrial radio station near you. So um, that's why Scott is uh, not on this uh, show this week because this show was taped, was stored on a a digital device. Um, By the time you're hearing it, it was seven or eight days ago that it was stored. So... What happens is people go on to the show. If we can't get them on the air, we'll say, hey, you know, we're going to tape on this. We're going to record on this particular date. And then uh, Jasmine Flores, our producer, uh, calls them up. And we don't know what the questions are about. Um, she will make little investments like or little things that say, are my investments allocated correctly? Or how can I save money more tax efficiently? But quite frankly, uh, I never. We, we've looked. seen some things that have com- the 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 little statement is one thing, and then the call goes completely in other areas, different way. So yep. uh, we don't prepare for these in any way, shape, or form. Although uh, after listening to the show, you think that we might need to in the future. So if you call today, you're going to get. Uh, our answering service, and they're going to schedule a time for us to talk, and we can answer your question at your convenience. And if you'd like to make that call, it's 833-99-WORTH, 833-99-WORTH, or you can go to our website, allworthfinancial.com, and there's a Q&A uh, section there that you can um, type in. And uh, it's as easy as that. So, David Shower, thanks for being on. Great to be here uh, again. The third uh in a row with you as Mr. Scott Hansen has been out of the office. Let's get it started. We're talking to Jeff. Jeff, thanks for joining All Worst Money Matters. Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, nice to talk to you, Pat. Thank you. David, um, here's my question. 
I want to stop uh, contributing to my employer-sponsored uh, 403B7. Okay. Why and, and what will you do instead? Um, what I want to do is, is I want to open – I have a brokerage account, and I want to make it like a Roth lookalike. And you're saying, what is he talking about? I want to have a very tax-efficient brokerage account because what's happening is, is I put so much away relative to my income – that I'm pushing myself up into higher tax brackets in the future when I turn on Social Security and my pension and my 403B7. Got okay. it. And did, does, your, um, does, your, does your plan allow for a Roth um, contribution? Yeah, you know, you know, I remember when Roths came out in 98, and I really don't have faith that the government's going to let us have those Roths in the future. That's kind of pessimistic on my side. So I think I'd rather take my chances with just doing a brokerage account and okay. then just paying the taxes as they come, you know, the dividends and okay. any capital gains. So what's your question and for us? I just want to know if my opinion, if that sounds relative, because right now my income's like about 44000 and I have about 460 in my 403B7. And my pension will put me at about 100% of pay when I turn 60 because I have a CalPERS pension. And my Social Security I don't plan to take till 70. So I've done some rough numbers, and it will put me somewhere about 200% of pay projected. So I'll be like $80,000 in the future. So that's why I would Do you have any debt? Brokerage account. Um, I got 58000 left on my house, and it's okay. done in six. How old are you? Uh, I'll be turning fifty-five this coming April. Is, have you ever made more than forty-four grand a year? No, I live a very different lifestyle than most people. Because most people are going to be listening. Says, "How does the janitor get four hundred sixty thousand dollars in a four hundred three B seven? How does that happen? Is that through inheritance or marriage or a high-end white-collar job, the tech company or something, or a doctor?" Or yeah, something. keep talking. Just live very frugally. Just very frugally. You happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, I've always, you know, I was raised by somebody that was from the Depression, so I have different values and stuff. Most people through their lifespan, they scale up their lifestyle, you know, through mm -hmm. cars and automobiles and uh -huh. other things, and I've kind of abstained from that. Okay. I, I'm kind okay. of into wealth building. Sure. Um, so that's why I was looking at doing a brokerage. Got it. So a uh, couple things. One, one of the things that I think you should address, uh, uh, and we'll get to the brokerage, is that you have a, a uh -huh. living tw uh, a living will or trust in place. And you said you have no yeah, I just children. Got that done. Just you got did. That done. Okay. Perfect. Yep, perfect. That's done. And you may even decide on yours that you didn't need a trust. You just put a TOD or transfer on death on some of these accounts. Um, so yeah, it was for the house. Okay. It's perfect. For the house. Perfect. And that's going to a and that's going to a charity. All right. So let's. Uh, okay. So let's. So this is the nature of financial planning. Uh, this is okay. the nature of financial planning. Is there any money that's actually going to um, at your death going to a person? No. It's, it's all going well, to one charity, and I hired a professional fiduciary to act in my place because I have no family or. Or anybody okay. Okay. And the reason I say that is oftentimes people actually 
will name uh, their house going to uh, a charity and then their IRA is going to a person. should be the reverse. And it should be the reverse. But since it's all going to charity in your situation, it doesn't matter. Let's talk about the brokerage account. I don't... I don't think there's anything wrong with your technique. Yeah. Um, it, it fits what you're, you, what you've justified the reasoning before behind it. Whether I agree with yeah. it or not is irrelevant um, because it doesn't yeah. matter. You you were able to make a, a justification that was non emotionally based um, as to why you you think that the government is probably going to tap into this. And you might it has validity if they change to. Uh, you know, uh, a net worth tax, or if they change to a sales tax, which is, by the way, a regressive tax. So that's highly unlikely that they would move to a national sales tax. But there's always the opportunity. Brokerage yeah, account. They did the Social Security oh, tax. You now. bet. Sure. You bet. If, and if you've listened to the, this radio show any length of time, you know that we agree with that. That 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 they actually have. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with using the brokerage account. You just want to use tax efficient investing in there. So. You want- yeah, yeah, I, I will definitely do that. Anything else that you might come up from what you've heard from my scenario? No, I think it's, of? I think it's brilliant. I will say one thing: you could look towards whether you are at that point and, and need the money or don't need the money at that point in time would be at seventy and a half, as opposed to waiting to giving to the money uh, to charity upon your death. You could start gifting your required minimum distribution, would which would mitigate the issue that you just talked about in terms of pushing you into yeah, a higher tax bracket. I've, yeah, and I've heard you guys talk about those owner or owner advisory funds. Donor. Donor, donor, donor advisory funds. Donor advisory funds. Yeah, is it? But, but those don't partner well with the retirement plans like you're talking about. It would be more after-tax money gifting to, yeah. to those to, sort of plans. And okay. quite frankly, you would have a difficult time with that emotionally because of, of, mm. of you, you didn't save all this money. Uh, on $44,000 a year without actually being a great saver and developing a lifestyle. For me to come in and say to you, hey, it makes sense for you to gift to a donor advised fund 50 grand, you would, you would look on it at its surface like, well, that makes sense intellectually and maybe financially, but emotionally it would be hard for you to stomach to, to, to give that away. Okay. Unless there was some sort of change of heart or a, a change of medical condition or something along those lines. But I'm just telling you, based upon our years of experience with working with savers, um, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. I think what you're doing is brilliant. Right. I think you've done a great job. I think All you right. should be very, very proud of yourself. Um, and uh, most people that are listening Nobody to this. seems to be. What's no one else seems to think that. <laughs> oh. Nobody does. If I had a big truck in the driveway, it'd be different. But yeah. in our society, it's not really valued. Yeah, look, look. And you, I appreciate it. No, no, you've done it. Let's listen. So I always say, you, you show me someone that doesn't care about money, I'll show you someone that doesn't have any, right? Um, right. You show me someone that cares about money, they actually, they, they make it not the focal point in their life, but a focal point in their life. But you've done great, and you're self-sufficient, and you should be really, really proud of yourself. Um, and people, what? quite frankly, should act a little bit more like you. Um, you know, and we can get into the politics of us actually supporting people because they've made poor decisions throughout their life. What, right? what may end up being an issue for you is actually in retirement finding 
things to potentially spend money on. That's right. And find fulfilling things. That's, yeah, um, that's right. That, that, that's definitely a specter in the future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard to convert from one lifestyle. Absolutely. To right. So go to our website. We have a future framework series that talks about the soft side of retirement. When the soft side of the mm-hmm. retirement is the people, the purpose, right? Yep. People, yep. purpose, health, and wealth. Uh, and the four components for a uh, fulfilling retirement, and obviously we speak to the to the the wealth side of it for clients, but we like to introduce them to the people and the purpose side and the health side of retirement because we see lots of people in retirement that can do it financially, but emotionally they have a hard time uh, bridging that gap. And you got to spend time on it. It isn't a given that yeah, this is going to go well. So. Great job. Right, thank you great, very much. Great job. Thank great, great, great job. You should really, yep. really, I'm, I'm, I am, you, you're probably impressed. Suitably impressed. Absolutely. Unbelievably impressed. Um, so appreciate wow. it. And I cut him off right when I was complimenting <laughs> him. <laughs> I didn't want him to get a big head, but um, impressive. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's someone that is a consistent, and I'm guessing that if we dug into his portfolio, there's a boatload of equities in there. Probably. But he, he didn't get to that point by he, being conservative. That's so. right. Um, that's right. And over time, saved a lot, yeah. uh, a little for a long period of time as a percentage of his pay. Uh, he probably saved a lot as a percentage of his pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, anyway, let's talk to Daniel in California. Daniel, thanks for joining All Worse Money Matters. Yeah, I've got a question about when to take Social Security. Okay. I recently retired both my wife and I have pensions from PERS and STRS. You know, why I have one, she has the other. Uh, and they are covering our expenses. So we got about a, what, close to a million dollars in 403B and, and IRAs. Uh, mortgage is about 1.9K. It's going to end uh, December 2021. I'm 63. My wife is 59 years old. Um, so, you know, Looking about when we should take the Social Security, and I'm kind of concerned about somewhere down the road. Uh, we'll just keep hearing rumors about means testing and things, and I'm concerned. Um, and and also, since I've worked in private industry before, I started working public, and I've worked about 20 years in private, but I worked the last 16 years in public and did not contribute to Social Security, so I get to get the, you know, windfall elimination. Yeah, so are, are you the STRS recipient then, or is your wife? Yes. You're yes, STRS. I'm the STRS recipient. Okay. Right. So you said how much do you owe on the mortgage? Um, we, we owe about 50K okay. mortgage total, but we pay about 1.9K per month on it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. And so the question is, when do you take Social Security? Um, and you're right. both 60, 63 and 59, was it? Right, I'm 63. She's 59. What? What are? Uh, do you have any insight into uh, genetics? Yeah, uh, uh, health? life expectancy. How long are you well, going to live? Well, I'm going to live. Well, I'd love to live into the into the 80s, you know. And Is she that, seems to think that she's not going to live that long. So, so. But let me ask: Is there? So right now in your lifestyle. Um, are you wanting for things? Uh, are you very comfortable? Uh, really, the extra money would simply go into savings. Um, yeah, it would just go into savings. They're not really for a want. Uh, it's and it's 
you wouldn't travel it's more. Not even if you would all right. So not the at this point. so okay. the answer to the question is that your your social security isn't going to be much to begin with anyway because of the windfall elimination provision. Right. Right. It's going to be a matter right. of a few hundred dollars, is my guess. Right. Um, so that no, is. I don't know. The run when I look at it, you know, I thought the maximum they could take out is about four hundred dollars or so. You know, for you know, I, I'm thinking it could. It's not much, but it could be close to a thousand bucks. I'd be surprised. How long has it been since you paid into Social Security? 16 years, I believe. 16 years? It might. It may. Uh, I'd be surprised if it was as high as 1,000. Um, because I got about, I've got close to 20 years. Yeah. In, you know, in. Yeah. So before. Um, so you, you think it would be only 500 bucks? I think I, it, I, it, I, yeah, I, I would probably be think it's closer to 500 than 1,000. That's right. That's right. That's okay. right. And we don't okay. know the number. And so it, it may it may not be material uh, enough to, uh-huh. to uh, given the, the scheme of the situation. And your wife's three years off for a decision anyway. Um, so your break even to, to, to benefit from deferring it is going to be into your 80s, into your early 80s. So the question becomes, okay, that's an unknown, right? We don't know how long you're going to live. So if you would get more enjoyment, fulfillment out of using that money now um, as opposed to whatever fulfillment that provides at 82, 84, 86, and so forth, then I think uh-huh. you can make an argument to take it now. And your income, you said, is about 100000 a year? Did you say that? No, I, I didn't say what our income is. We're just, like okay. I said, I just retired quite recently. Okay. And uh, I, I actually, it, and if I was worried about them uh, pulling back, if your income is close to $100,000 a year, or more, I'd probably take it sooner. I'd take it sooner. <laughs> I'd take it sooner because they're going to take it away. If they do take it away, they're going to take it away from people that can live without it. And we don't right, know what right, that line yeah. is. Yeah. And history tells us that that's what they did. I mean, they, if you went back 30 years, Social Security wasn't taxed, and then they started taxing 50% of it at incomes of over $32,000 for a couple. And then a few years later, they started taxing 85% of your Social Security ben- benefits on incomes of over $44,000. And never indexed to inflation. Never indexed to inflation. So the mm-hmm. number actually drops on an annual basis. Even uh, Chris Christie, when he was uh, the ill-fated run for president uh, that, that lasted uh-huh. a few days, um, suggested that uh, incomes of over $100,000 Social Security um, be benefits be, be phased out. So eh, for your situation, go ahead, take it. Right, right. So what you're saying is this, uh, if the disbursement from our uh, pensions is uh, over 100 k we should definitely be taken it then yeah possible that's a that's a value judgment based upon what i would do knowing what i know about uh the history of tax rates and your situation right and your situation right right and then don't worry about your your wives until you get there you know when when okay and by the way try to keep her in the workforce as long as you can (laughs) there you go well no she's out (laughs) oh she is well that that ruined the financial plan uh, yeah, well, well, I'm joking. She's one of those that's not. She's one of those that can't really retire. Um, I'm, I'm, so. j- I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, take it now, and then uh, you can yeah, revisit right. it at uh, her age 62. So appreciate the call. All right, great. Right, thanks. Thanks. But that is a you know one of the things that we oftentimes are asked about is taxation in the future. Right. And uh, yeah, no, that's. Uh, 
I think it's it's a matter of time. Yeah, especially Social Security. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Social. Look, look what they did uh, in uh, parts of Italy, uh, Italy and Greece and uh, Portugal and Ireland with some of the social uh, pensions. They, they called them. Yeah, but well, they called Social Security. Them, they were a form of Social Security mm-hmm. based upon your job. They were a little bit more specific than our Social Security. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, 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 they hacked them. They trimmed them. They yep. certainly did. Um, and it could happen here, too. Let's talk to John in uh, the great state of Nevada. Thank you very much for taking the call. I very much enjoy the, your program. And I was listening a couple weeks, well, maybe a couple months ago now. There was a gentleman from Washington who called in as his heirs in California. And he, you recommended regarding uh, IRA movements to Roth of uh, going using a 24% tax bracket. And I listened, I thought, and I'm thinking, is, is that applicable to me also? So my question is, how much did I move from my IRA to my Roth IRA this year? What's your total income? Uh, right now, about $200,000 before I do any more transfers. Are you married? And that too, yes, married. Okay. Uh, I'm 71 uh, with my wife, 67. The $200,000 consists of a pension, the minimum required distributions I had to do, Social Security, uh, and capital gains and dividends. So 200000 is gross income, not adjusted gross or taxable, correct? Well, it's the modified adjusted income. So okay. it is uh, taxable uh, for federal purposes. A different, you know, right now, the capital gains would be 15%. And, uh, understood. I'm just, that. yeah. So you, so you are in the 24% bracket. You're above the, the end of the 22% bracket is the bottom line. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the, and your question is how much money should you move, uh, in at the 24%, uh, convert from a regular IRA to the Roth IRA? Is that the question? That's a little more complicated than that. Should I go beyond the 24% into the 32%? No. Well, Probably not, unless there's some sort of thing in the future that thinks you're you're going to get driven there and above anyway. Well, let me give you some facts first, okay? Okay. Uh, as I move, use up that money, it's about $180,000 to use up all the 24%. But instead of getting taxed at 24%, I'm getting really taxed at about 28% because of the higher capital gains tax loan from 15 to 20% and all these Medicare Taxes. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 Uh, our children, heirs, are in California, like the gentleman from Washington. Uh, our IRA and 401k balances are about $1.6 million. The gentleman, I don't think from Washington mentioned how much he has it. Okay. But it is invested primarily in very conservative uh, ways in terms of CDs and money markets. Okay. 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 Um, so when you know listening to the program, you always talk about scenarios. Now when I look at the base case scenario, uh, you know tax brackets, tax laws don't change. My wife and I just live happily ever after through 2025, and we essentially deplete and move all money out of the 401k and IRA into the Roth IRA over the next seven years, and then after that the tax is changed supposedly by the current tax laws. But when I think of other scenarios, and you guys talk about other scenarios, I thought, yeah, should I take more? You know, one or both of us could die. Taxes 
the tax laws could change. Yes. Or some other black swan event happening to us. I just So the question really is, should I go into the 32% tax bracket? Uh, really, and it's also should you go over maybe even more so should you go over two fifty and pay the ACA tax on all your capital gains? Right, uh, I looked at that, and um, uh, you know if I just stay below uh, two fifty, our incremental taxes are about twenty seven percent. Okay, so Which then I hit a. I hit a, one of the Medicare uh, trips. So, so, so the answer is is you, you don't want to drive yourself into uh, the, a significantly higher tax bracket, given the information that you shared with us. Unless there's something out there, and you're not going to predict a black swan event, and you, you've got some certainty as um, to understand what taxes are. But you're calling from the state of Nevada, and I assume you're filing a tax return in the state of Nevada, correct? Oh, yeah. All right. So then you've got another thing there. Wait. So easily the state of Nevada could actually uh, legislate an income tax uh, under the current administration in the state of Nevada. And you're as where as well as I am that we've actually seen some pressure in the state of Nevada by, by for uh, increase in taxes. Have you not? Well, I don't think they could institute a. Uh, income tax in Nevada because it's unconstitutional. They'd have to change yeah, they'd the constitution have to, of the state of Nevada. I, I, I understand that. But it isn't out of the question as uh, gaming revenues have become more constrained with the advent of the Indian casinos in the state of California and and across yeah. the, the nation. So it's not mm-hmm. off the table, but that's another swan event. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that could happen. But given the information that you uh, have shared with us, we wouldn't drive, we wouldn't recommend that you drive yourself into in, the 32, into the 32% tax bracket. So anyway, we appreciate the call. I got to uh, go here, but there is, you know, people talk about black Swan and other events. You, you, you're never going to collect all the information sure. uh, that you need. You're always going to have to put a hypothesis out there in order to make some decisions. So we need to go to a break. Extended broadcast, extended uh, podcast. Yes, we're going to do an extended podcast after the second half of the show. Uh, we, uh, for those listeners uh, that want to subscribe to our podcast, we will be doing an extended podcast after the second half of the show. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Pat McLean here with uh, David Schauer. Uh, he's a longtime advisor, investment manager here at Allworth. And as I had mentioned earlier, Scott is spending some time with a relative that was dealing with some medical issues, and he is not on uh, the show today. Um, but it is today is a taped show, Um and you're thinking, how do we take these phone calls? People call in our show, and if we're not able to get them on the air, Jasmine, our producer, talks to them and says, hey, can we schedule a call while we do a taping? And you can ask your question, and it will just appear to be like a regular show that isn't taped. It's spontaneous. It's kind of like a, it's like the Tonight Show. When you watch the Tonight Show, oftentimes it's taped in the afternoon, not late at night. But does it really matter? No. 
And who watches The Tonight Show anymore? Is it Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel on The Tonight Show? I actually do see him on, um, on like, YouTube every once in a while. I like his... Uh, I like that Conan O'Brien. Okay. Uh, mostly because uh, I have an affinity with him because he's Irish. Um, I don't like his... <laughs> I actually don't like what he does for the show, but I like the fact that an Irish guy has finally made it in show business. <laughs> mostly that. So, uh, this is a financial talk show. People call and ask us financial questions. They call in and they say, hey, I have a question. And then we answer to the best of our abilities. So if you want to join the show, you can at 833-999-6784. It's 833-999-6784. Or you can call 833-99-WORTH. And if you go to our website, allworthfinancial.com, there is some mechanism uh, that you can uh, ask a question on our website. Um, and that mechanism will become apparent to you once you go to our website at Allworth Financial. That's just me really saying I don't know how it's done, but it can be done because I have never submitted a question on my own website for me to answer. <laughs> you, you probably should. Should, should I? <laughs> Why not? Actually, you know, in the in the break room uh, uh, this week, a gentleman that works here in the in technology says, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking of uh, calling your radio show. I have a question." And um, perfect. I said, "Sure, call, call in. Don't just don't do it on the clock." That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> There'll yeah. be no lollygagging around here now. <laughs> Enough. Back to work. So uh, let's go to the calls. And we're talking with Ron. Ron, thanks for joining All Worst Money Matters. Hello, Pat and Dave. Thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Sure. What can um, we do for you? Well, I'm recently retired. I'm 62, drawing 3000 a month in Social Security. I've spent my entire working career accumulating, and I'm trying to get my head around income generation. So I have oh a little over eight hundred thousand in four hundred one k assets, about the same in traditional IRA, couple hundred thousand or so in a individually managed um, stock portfolio, and a couple hundred thousand or so in cash. So roughly a little over two million in assets, and some of the stuff that. I grew up understanding was things like CD ladders or bond ladders, but with interest rates so low, that doesn't generate a lot of income. Um, and uh, I've talked to a few financial planners, one of which is uh, would like me to put $1.4 in an annuity to generate income, and I'm a little bit reticent about tying the money up like that and uh, wanted to get your opinion. What, how much are you trying to generate? Uh, at least 100 Okay. And do you have any debt? As a first mortgage on our primary residence, I also own a rental that generates me about a thousand a month in income. All right, so let's talk about the debt first. Okay. So, uh, what do you uh, owe on the primary? Uh, about a hundred and seventy. And what's the interest rate? Three and a half. All right. If I could actually. Taxes and all that stuff, it's about 1600 a month. Okay, so 3.5% interest is what you're paying on. And then you said you had a, uh, uh, a rental property and you have some debt on that. What's uh, the value of the rental property and what's the debt? 
rentals worth about one sixty-five. It's in it's in Nevada outside Las Vegas. I owe about seventy. It generates me about a thousand a month positive cash flow on income. And what's the uh, and what's rate? the interest rate on that? It's an income property, I believe. It's around four and a half percent. All right. So I'm going to answer your question a little bit differently. If I could okay. guarantee you four and a half percent. Uh, a return on your money. Would you be interested in that? Guaranteed, hundred percent guaranteed, four and a half percent on your money. Would you be yeah, interested? That's pretty good to me, actually. Okay. All right, <laughs> I'd prefer to get more, but you know, hundred percent guaranteed. guaranteed. Can't lose, hundred percent guaranteed. You'll do it, right? Is there any upside above that? Nope, nope. It's okay. Pay that sure. mortgage off Come on the. Back. Pay the mortgage off on the rental property. I, I was going to do that. Yep. Okay. I, I plan to do that one. Okay. And then I would go. I, be, I would go to the the primary mortgage, and I'd pay that off as well. The three and a half percent. Okay. And then I would look at the portfolio, and I'd say, What are the dividends that that are being earned right now? Do you have an idea of what that looks like? Uh, last time I looked, it's in the neighborhood of twenty five thousand, maybe thirty, if I count everything. Okay. I, and I would I, I'd look at what your uh, portfolio was invested in now, uh, in terms of okay. the stock to bond ratio, and uh, what your risk tolerance is. You seem relatively intelligent. You, I'm sorry, say that again. Um, I, I'm currently at about fifty fifty. Okay, what's wrong with that? Um, I haven't figured out how to get the check in the mailbox yet. Oh, that's easy. Oh, yeah. oh, that's easy. That's easy. That's easy. That's easy. That's easy. So here, here, the last thing you should do is buy an annuity. Oh, the last thing, right? Especially tying that money up. What does the insurance company do with the money once you give it to them for the annuity? What do they do? With they invest it? in stocks and bonds, right? <laughs> Mostly bonds. bonds. Mostly bonds. Yeah. Mostly, Mostly bonds. bonds yeah. yeah. And what you're paying for is a screen or a smoke screen to see the volatility in the bond portfolio. That's what you're paying for, and you're paying a lot of money for it, and you're tying it up for a period of years, and most of the time, the person that sold you the annuity doesn't have a vested interest in the outcome, so that's number one. So I'd take the portfolio and say, you know, you've you've probably been investing 50-50 or more aggressively than that over the years to accumulate this much money. Fair? Yes. Fair. Yep. I'd say, well, let's build a 50-50 portfolio and uh, let's rebalance the portfolio in a minimum, in a minimum on a quarterly basis. I mean, we we screen our portfolios uh, around once a week to make sure that they're in what we call tolerance. Uh, but if you're doing it yourself, you at a minimum, you do it once a quarter, which means you build a model of the portfolio, screen it to keep it at 50-50, and you take distributions off of it. How do you take distributions? Well, you change the dividends and capital, uh, the dividends and the interest to pay to a money market account. You set up a monthly distribution that goes directly to your checking account and you withhold taxes on it. So you put it in an IRA, simple, easy. Withhold 20% in federal. You're in state of California, probably 6 or 7% in state. Um, you can play with that number. And then manage the portfolio to 50-50 uh, going forward, recognizing that There'll be times in the market that you wish that you owned more equities, and there'll be times that you wish you owned less equities. But in the times that you wish you owned uh, more equities, right, which means they're doing well, you're going to be selling off those equities and, and buying 
uh, and putting them in cash to keep this balance 50-50, right? Okay. And you're going to stay that way forever. And if you get in a prolonged bear market for three, four, five years long, which would be a long, long bear market, you have more than enough uh, money on the bond side of the portfolio to support Let's you through that. that. That's the whole idea behind the bonds. Right. That's the whole idea. Ten plus years. And, and the, that's how much money you'll have in that in the bonds is ten plus years. And so the annuity does nothing but involves an intermediary that emotionally blocks you uh, from seeing what's really going on behind the curtain. And for that, you are paying dearly. Okay. Right. Is the stock portfolio uh, more income producing dividend stocks or how is that? What's the position? Uh, most of it, it's, it's at Schwab and most of it is in uh, uh, stocks. There are some dividend stocks. I have like Ford stock that pays me six and change and, you know, th things that pay dividends, but a lot of it's tech growth stocks. Yeah. And I'd even, if I had to sell off some of those equities in that brokerage account in order to pay down them, the, the mortgages, mortgage. I would do that. And then you won't need $10,000 a month right. in income. You'll need significantly less. Well, you're obviously True. the rental, the rentals, Plugging a portion of that, the outgo on the mortgage is plugging a portion of that, and we've and we've taken risk out of the your right. overall financial situation by doing that. Money not going out is exactly the same as money coming in in retirement. No difference. Right. right. It's what you keep, not, not what you make. Right. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And the person that recommended the annuity to you, I don't know if you have a long-standing relationship with them or not. Was it at Charles? Was it at a brokerage firm with like Charles Schwab? Would they recommend that? Am I allowed to say who it was on the You air? bet you can. You bet it. You bet. I've heard it from uh, Peak Financial, and I've heard, heard it from Keith Springer. I've there we go. Both of them. All right. Well, anyway, I couldn't disagree more. I could absolutely okay. not disagree more. And what they may have been recommending, and I can't say because I wasn't in the meeting, was an Highly index. likely Is an indexed annuity that had some sort of floor on it or a cap on it or something like that. Not yes. the answer. Not the answer. Yeah. Absolutely. If I hated you, Ron, <laughs> if you were my nemesis, and and and, and going back to the, the the third grade, which is really when my nemesis has started forming in my relationship, I wouldn't recommend an index annuity to you. There's, I can't imagine a time that I would recommend, especially taking 70% of a $2 million portfolio and buying an index annuity, uh, reprehensible, absolutely reprehensible. So I think I have made my opinion known. Um, so, and what they sell it is security, 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 yeah. right? So you die. Yep. Yeah. You, you, right. Security, security, security. What they don't talk about is how the cap rates change. Uh, internally. They don't talk about the expenses. They don't talk about the surrender charges. I'm assuming I'm not in the meetings with those financial advisors, but I have seen these things sold before. So I can't speak to these particular firms that you spoke to, but I can, I, I know how index annuities are sold. We wouldn't just wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. And, and quite frankly, um, you, you didn't accumulate this $2 million by mistake. You knew what you were doing. There's no need for you to actually start trying to plug holes that don't exist. Okay. All righty. All righty. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. It, um, I've stepped off the soapbox, and we're ready to come back to a normal conversation. So, no, I appreciate everything you're sharing. Um, 
So my wife is still working and will for the next couple of years. Um, and I'm wondering if why well, my income is just Social Security at the moment, for the most part, and the dividends, if I should be converting my either my traditional IRA or my 401k assets over to a Roth. Uh, what's her income? Uh, around 80. Yes. Quite possibly, yes. Okay. See, I'm, I'm just trying to walk through what your income is. So you're, you're below 165, but you're greater than 80 on a taxable basis. She's participating in a 401k? She is, yes. Maxing it? Uh, I'd say about 15k. Is she, uh, does she work for a state or municipality? No. Do you think your income would be under uh, 78,000 taxable? Because if so, then your capital gains are going to be at zero. Under 78,000 if, you know, with rental deductions and stuff, possibly. Yeah, possibly. So, so this is, I don't know if you did a financial plan, but this is what a financial plan would have actually recommended um, if you went through the process, which is, look, does it make sense for you to uh, increase her contributions into her 401k to the maximum and actually then do the catch-up provision on there in order to lower your taxable income so that we could actually consider doing uh, conversions from IRAs to Roth IRAs? Or tax-free capital gains. Yeah, I mean, that, which that's- is... Which is that that may not be around forever, and that is absolutely on the table. Correct. I like the idea. How's the tax-free capital gain? Where I'm not familiar. It, with that it, one. It, it, seventy-eight thousand is a taxable income threshold for twelve percent. If you're in the twelve percent income bracket or lower, your capital gain rates is zero. Wow. So, <laughs> so, so. So in a financial plan, it, I can tell you at our firm, in a financial plan, we would actually uh, do a financial plan and we would our, involve our tax services uh, division in the financial planning to actually run uh, hypothetical scenarios to see if it makes sense to do that. So not only do okay. the CFP actually works on it, we actually bring in tax services uh, to help with that. And, and obviously, obviously you're kind of coming into the end of the year here. If this year maps somewhat similar to next year, then you could probably harvest with close to zero capital gain remaining this year and then in January to for the for the necessary money to pay off the mortgages. Yeah, and, and it depends on when you retire. Did you work at all any of this year whatsoever? No. Okay. I retired uh, two, you, two years ago. You got to get on it. You've actually missed some uh, – you may have missed a couple opportunities here. Okay. All righty. Appreciate the call. But good opportunities to be looking at. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. Job. Yep. Yep. You're, you're, you're run the you're right. You're 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 going the right direction. So appreciate the call. All right. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Well, I appreciate all of you listening to my um, abbreviated rant on index annuities. And um, if you've listened to the show any length of time whatsoever, it's not the first. <laughs> uh, but the reality is, we see the damage. We see the damage. Um, and if there weren't the surrender charges on it, the, the, you could fix the damage. But it's the surrender charges. Well, the, the, why are there surrender charges, Pat? Because they're one of the highest paying commission products in the industry. Yeah. And what are the surrender charges there for? To reimburse the, the insurance company, company. Uh, the fees that they would earn by holding for the length of the annuities uh, so that they could pay out a commission to the salesperson. That's why they're there.
That's well, how do you guys get paid? Well, most RIAs get paid a fee based upon the assets they manage, and they get paid it every year over periods of time, and the clients can leave anytime they want without any sort of uh, economic repercussions against them. And that's how most investment advisory firms work. Let's talk to Leah in the San Francisco Bay Area. Leah, thanks for joining Allworth. Hi. Hi. What can we do for you? Well, I promise you I don't have any annuities and don't plan to buy any. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But my question is about RMD, since I've reached uh, that age where I have to share with the government a little bit. Yes. All righty. And I'm wondering whether it's better to just – I don't have a lot. Uh, I did a lot of juggling and transferring before I turned 73. So my required RMD is approximately 3,000, so it's not that much. Okay. But I'm wondering whether it's better to just give the uh, full amount to charities directly or whether I should take it into my portfolio and then – pay charities. Are you a standard deduction or are you itemized? Itemized. How itemized? How much uh, uh, over the standard deduction do you itemize? Oh, I don't know. I have a lot of various assets, so it's pretty complicated. What's the downside of going directly to the charity, David? Well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking, you know, whether it's... uh, well, there's no, it makes more sense to just do it directly, or so. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's going to come off your income either way. It sounds like uh, is your right. income sufficiently high that you start losing deductions? Uh, my income is uh, about uh, hundred ten or so. You would just go directly to the charities. Yeah, I, I would just see no reason to. to not, I would see no reason to not so, do the qualified so charitable giving. He, here's how. In fact, here's how we do. We do it. We sit down with the clients at the end of the year and say, okay, who you giving, Who do you plan on giving money to? And then we just do it one time for the whole year. And we say, right. here's your required minimum distribution. You name the charities. Give us the address and the tax ID number. Sign this paperwork. Boom, boom, boom. It goes to the charities. And, you know, some people say, well, you know, when the, the basket comes around at church, I like to put a little something in. Mm-hmm. Uh, write down a prayer, put it in an envelope, drop it in the basket. No one knows the difference, right? Um, right. Because you're giving the money directly to uh, the organization through the required minimum distributions. Same thing works with right. the charitable trust for those people under the age of 70 that don't have required minimum distributions that the qualifies, that don't qualify for this. But Or yet, gifting in kind. Or gifting in kind. Um, but uh, So what is the gifting in kind? You take uh, a stock and you give it to the charity. A stock that's appreciated uh, okay. that you've held. A highly for appreciated. Than or months. if you want to do it in bulk, you set up a, a charitable um, what they well, called? Donor, Gift advice a donor advice fund, yeah. and then you take um, money and you put it into a donor. That's how my wife and I do it is we, um, we put money into a donor advised fund every few years. Every few years we take appreciated assets, and then we dole it out over time to uh, whatever charity uh, we decide. Okay. But All right. So, I bottom like the line fact, is, it doesn't make a difference, huh? Uh, it not, probably well, it's um, it may not make a difference. The the safe way to do without us looking at your tax return and going through it, it and you could ask your tax uh, advisor this question. We know that if you do it directly from your 
IRA to the charities that you're going off your income. It's going to come off your income. The other way, we don't know unless we sat down with your tax return. Mm-hmm. So ask your okay. you have a tax advisor? I do. Yeah, ask them. Ask them. But there's but there's no okay. drawback. There's nothing there's no you're not going to hurt yourself by giving it directly to the charities. Okay. Just another it's it's another little step. And if you have an investment advisor, it's not another little step for you, it's another step for them. And really, mm-hmm. that's what you pay them for. So, if you make them okay. work a little harder, good for you. <laughs> All righty. All right, thanks All right. so thanks, much. Thanks, Leah. Take Appreciate time. the call. Let's talk with William in Denver. William, thanks for joining Allworth Financial. Thank you. Part of my portfolio is in CDs that are expiring soon. And uh, the CD rates uh, today are so low. I was wondering, what would you recommend for the next year or two, you know, sort of short term? My goal is to keep this portion in low-risk conservative investments. What are you earning? Or what do you hope to earn? Uh, 3%. That's what you hope to earn? Yep. Just okay. this, you know, this just this portion is uh, set aside uh, primarily just for conservative investment. It's going to be tough to uh, get on any short-term type of um, vehicle. You can get it. you can get two. Right. But you can get two. Yeah, you can get two. Yeah, you can get two. You're getting three. You're going to have to stretch a little bit. I mean, you might have to ladder out, like you're saying, and and kind of increase the amount of money at the end of the ladder to get some weighted average that's going to pull it up, you know, somewhere over two, two and a half. But but it, it, in terms of security, that you're you're really limited in what your options are. Yeah. So this is a what 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 you're asking us is a risk question, right? Which is, I want three. I don't want any risk. Tell me where I could get three with no risk. And we're saying to you, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. For instance, a 30-year bond is, you know, or somewhere between 20 and 30 is where you'd have to go for, in essence, a quote-unquote guaranteed, which means the principal's guaranteed 3%. On a U.S. government. Right. You could get, you could get a little shorter bond with a high-quality uh, company, but not... But, but it's not guaranteed. But it's not guaranteed, and it isn't significantly a higher yield with a high-quality company. So the recommendation is maybe you just ladder from uh, from one to five. Uh, you use an online bank, mm-hmm. um, and you accept a lower rate of return. Okay. That makes, does that make sense? Yeah, I was just hoping there was something a little bit better out there. Oh, I wish there, know, I wish there was, too. Uh, the CDs that were expiring were... We're working fine, and I looked at the CD rates today, and you do have to commit almost uh, at least five years or more to get it. Where, where are you looking? Are you shopping at banks, or are you shopping online with banks? How are you doing it? Online uh, with uh, a, you know, a, a broker account. Okay. You mean like, uh, like a TD Ameritrade, Schwab, Fidelity, like that, something like that, or E-Trade, which is a brokered yeah. CD? Yeah, you, I think I you're going you to get better. Go, go, David. I would say if if you shop um, online banks, I think you probably could find maybe another twenty five basis points, maybe a bit more on any promotional rates 
Um, so if you went to bankrate.com or something along those lines, plugged in the parameters that you're looking for, I think you'd, you'd find something at a premium over what you're seeing. That's right. Because what you're, what you're buying is a, is a, a Cedars or brokered uh, rate, which means someone's in the, in the food chain. Uh, where is if you go directly um, to the uh, institution. institution and go to bankrate.com, you might decide to keep it at one, two, or three different banks. You might decide just for simplicity to keep it all at a single bank, but you'll actually see one bank will have a higher rate of return on a one-year CD. Yeah. Another bank will have a higher rate You'd of return than it. two, year yeah. three, four, um, but you're going to get a higher rate there. You've got to go through a hassle, a little bit of a hassle by opening an account at that particular institution and then transferring the money, but it isn't, you know, it's not earth-shattering difficult. Uh, it's pretty easy. All righty? So I appreciate, right, appreciate the call. Boy, that was, a, that was a quick hour, and you're thinking, I don't want it to end. I know that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you were thinking the was, same I thing, was. weren't you, David? Yep. And you're saying, I don't want this to end. And I'm saying to you, there's a way. We if, can, I, if I had a way. <laughs> there's a way we can make this last longer, and that is you subscribing to our podcast and listening to the extended podcast, Oof. and then you go, well, Pat, what if I wanted it to last longer than that? You could go back and listen to shows two, three, four, five, seven months ago. You can go back to your heart's desire and fill your day with all worth, all worth financial talk. I can't tell you how excited I am. Right <laughs> all right. So uh, for our podcast listeners... Stay tuned. For those of uh, you that don't listen to our podcast, get it together. It's not that difficult. Welcome to the year 2019. So I appreciate you listening. Welcome to our extended podcast. And uh, this is where we uh, take a call or two that is not going out over the terrestrial radio um, stations. And it's only available to our podcast listeners. And uh, today we have Linda from the great state of Colorado joining us. Linda, thanks for joining All Worth Podcast. What can we do for you? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, my question is, uh, my sister and I own a house that was left to us by our mother. She passed away in November. She left it to us by uh, beneficiary deed. And we are splitting the proceeds um, from the sale of the house. My sister is in a rehabilitation center now. And when we sell the house, I plan on moving into an independent living senior situation. I just wanted to know what can I do with my share, which will probably be $150,000 to $160,000. What can I do um, with my share to earn? I don't want to just sit it in a a bank account, savings account, checking account. Um, so what can I do to earn money off of that? Are, are, are you needing to draw income from this on a monthly basis to pay for the uh, assisted living? No, it's uh, government subsidized, and I have Social social Security, and I do have um, a part-time job. I don't plan on working for the rest of my life. I'm 68 years old, but... The government subsidi subsidy is going to pay for my um, living situation. Okay. Uh, so he Not a total of it. I will have to put in 30% of my Social Security, but okay. that's it. And have you disclosed this uh, in your net worth when you applied for the government subsidy? 
I did. Yes. Okay, and I you did. were, and you still qualified for the government subsidy. Yes, they okay. they say that that doesn't have wouldn't have anything to do with my overall net worth. That's what, what they say. Hmm. What? You dis, you disclose? Are you with me? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, we're just trying no, to process we're, that. We're, we're, don't quite understand. So when you applied for this. You owned this property at the time that you applied for the government subsidy. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yes, owned jointly with my sister. So, yes, we do own it together. Okay. okay. And when you, when, you, uh, uh, employ, uh, when you went after this benefit, uh, was your mother still living? No, she passed away in November. All right, we're going to okay. go with that. Okay. We're going to go with that. I would be afraid that um, – that this was not disclosed properly to the government if you're receiving that sort of subsidy. Um, I would well, they're not relying on that. I should say maybe I'm not stating it right. They're not relying on it to bait, to uh, to determine my qualifications for the program. Okay, and they know about it. They know about it. Okay, yeah. we're gonna go with that. We're gonna go with that. Okay, we're gonna go with yeah. that. Uh, we'll go with that. So I would put it in. Well, have you have you ever invested before? I have a mutual fund and I have an IRA. So the mutual fund, I guess you could say, is an investment. The IRA is just sitting there earning um, interest or dividends or whatever, but it's a very small amount. How much money is in the uh, in the mutual fund? Less, less than $10,000. And how long have you owned it? Uh, uh, maybe a year or two. And what's the name of the fund? Do you remember you know, I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the name of the fund is. Sorry. How, how did you come across it? Did someone at the bank sell it to you? No, somebody um, at my church, she works for Primerica, and she um, got me involved in it. Okay. All right. Don't buy any more of that. Um, okay. Don't buy any more of that. Not that there isn't anything necessarily with right or wrong with the Primerica funds. They just have a tendency to be relatively expensive as compared to other uh, vehicles that are available in the open market. Okay. So, I pay $50 a month. Yeah. yeah um, I don't see any point that's in that. Expensive? Well, that's okay. no, no. $50 a month is what you're depositing. The, the, the expense part is the internal fees on the particular oh. fund. Um, okay. so, so I would buy and, and if the account... Let's say you put in the $160,000. Or let's say something less than that. Let's say she has to keep some liquidity. Okay, let's say we put a 60000 in the bank and $100,000 okay. in this fund. And okay. if if a year from now you came back and the uh, account was $110,000, you'd be delighted, correct? Well, yeah. And what if a year from now we came back and the account was $80,000? What would you do? From one hundred and ten to eighty thousand, that I would not be happy with that. And would you would you then cash the account in? Would you say, I, I, I this is terrible. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to cash this in. Probably. Okay. So that tells us uh, what we're trying to do is kind of determine what kind of a in this limited period of time on a podcast determine what kind of a risk tolerance you have. Okay. I'd put it in a bank savings account on yep. an online bank. Exactly. I would go really? to really a, oh, ba- a bank saving. Yep. An, on, really? an online, online bank. bank. Online bank. That's key. So I would go to. You're going to get at least a couple percent. Yeah, and you're and the thing is, but there's is no that risk. There's no risk. It's FDIC insured. And so, okay. anytime that you invest in anything other than an FDIC insured account or a U.S. government short-term bond, you have principal. Uh, 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 risk over periods of time. 
And the shorter the period of the time, the greater uh, the risk will be. So what I mean okay. by that is if you said, Pat, uh, I promise never to look at my statements again, and I'm going to invest for at least 10 years. And if, and if 100 went to 80, yeah, I wouldn't like it, but I wouldn't do anything. Yeah. And that, then you would have other options that you, we'd be comfortable suggesting. But, but, you, but you don't. And, and based upon what you're, you're, you're telling us about your financial situation, it, it's really important that you protect this. So I would go right. to um, what's that, bankrate.com and see who yeah. the highest yielding uh, online savings accounts are. And I would just invest it in that. And it, I use them myself. David yep. uses, I use these online. They're typically a percent to a percent and a half higher than you're going to get at a local bank. Uh, they're easy to use, and that's what I would do with it. And I wouldn't – I'd stop that $50 a month to your Prime America account that's just a – you know, you're doing that because you're a nice person. So uh, you're suggesting that I close out Prime America? I wouldn't. I just would quit making deposits into it. Oh, I'm not making any deposits. I'm just trying to see how much, how much it's going to grow. I'm not making any deposits. Oh, that it, $50, I guess, is to maintain it, the maintenance fee every month. I guess that's what that is. Did you buy life insurance policy? No, no life insurance. Not with Primerica. I have one, but not with Primerica. And what kind of a life insurance policy do you have? Term. And what? No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Whole life. It's a whole life uh, policy. And do you have any uh, anyone you're supporting? No, just me. All right. I'd get rid of that, and I'd get rid of the Prime America. I'd get rid of every year. Huh. I'd get rid of all of it. You don't have any. You have no the, need for life insurance. Yeah. Do you have anyone relying on you at any point? Or is it important that well, you yeah. leave? Who? I have two daughters that I. Well, I mean, they're both adults, and I don't feel responsible for looking after them after I'm gone. But I would like for them to be able to take care of my my business after I die, like burial and. Yeah, and you'll all you'll have that. enough. You'll have enough money left, and you'll have enough money in that savings account to do that. Wow. So I'd get rid of the life insurance and, and I'd and I'd and I'd liquidate the Prime America and not worry about it. I'd put it in a bank savings account and I'd hope my my daughters would say the same thing about me, which is that you hope that they would take care of you, not only you take care yeah. of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're, I wouldn't mess with any of that garbage. I wouldn't at all. Okay, what Just, about an annuity? I've oh, heard about no, annuity. no, 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 okay. no, no, absolutely not. I don't know how, okay. Absolutely right. not. And when you go to okay. the bank and they see that $160,000 get deposited? She doesn't need to go to the bank. Well, the money's got to clear somewhere. Well, yeah, I assume it's getting going from escrow as a wire to a bank. That's good enough. Open up the account online. Just, go there. Yeah, exactly. Because if you go down to your local bank and uh-huh. they're going to try and sell you something. They're going to try to sell you a big old fat annuity. That person that sits in the corner that's dressed like a weatherman or yeah. weather lady um, okay. is going to mosey on up and say, hey, Linda, I got something you need to see. And then they're going to show you a big old fat commissioned annuity, and then they're going to try to cram it down your throat. And uh. you don't want any part of that. Okay. I, and All remember, right. we do not have a dog in this fight. Uh, we are not generating any income from this conversation to ourselves or our firm. We are just trying to do what we think is best for you, and that's why we are recommending an online bank account. Through Go to bankrate.com and just pick the highest yielding one they have. Okay, that's why I called you. Thank you for your oh, help. All right, appreciate Bye-bye. the call. And, um, Thank you. Bye. Go ahead. Oh, no, Bye. no, we're going to cut. That's... So uh, that was our extended podcast uh, call. A little bit more live. I, I actually feel a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> Not on terrestrial radio. I, I actually, I, 
You feel like you could let loose a bit? I, I do. I actually feel a little bit more comfortable. Could you? Did okay. that come out at all? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. When, uh, when, when you the big fat <laughs> annuity. Yeah. They, they're a big fat yeah. annuity. No, we, no, I understand. We, 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 yeah. David, yeah. you see more clients I than have. I do. Yeah. No, you I see them. You see the damage that is. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, you know. Anyway, Agreed. all right. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. As again, uh, please rate us and uh, send it along to um, to your friends if you think they might get something out of it. We're trying to build a listenership because uh, our marketing people tell us that it's good for us. So we're going to take their advice on this one. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.